Whose is it today? I believe it's yours. Oh, fuck's sake, right? Hello. Fancy seeing you all here. Oh, you... All three oh, of you. How are you? You all look beautiful. Hello. Um, my name's Silent Mark. That is the Egyptian death, death machine, Aaron Nix. It's the other side, isn't it? Uh, no, no, you were pointing in the right way the first time. Oh, there we go, yeah. Erin yeah. X. Always, always to the left, hun. Um, you're listening and watching Silent the Death Machine. Um, what are you doing with your lives? Where wrestling's B team um, talk you shit for a bit. How's it going? How are you guys doing? How are you, sir? Me? Oh, yeah, no, I'm all right. Um, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, as you can tell. My voice is slowly coming back. I don't feel nearly as ill, which is nice. Um, tired, sleeping patterns all fucking crazy now. Um, I mean, I'm getting plenty of sleep, but like I'm getting plenty of sleep at like ridiculous hours now. It's like all over the place. But um, yeah, no, not too bad. Like I've said to you just before we started recording, like work is starting to not cease, but slow. Um mm-hmm. The build to Christmas has begun. Uh, so, yeah, no, there's, there's plenty of stuff to do. Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that I've got so many like different things to do media-wise. Uh, like, you know, obviously WrestlePlug and this podcast and YouTube and everything else that goes with it. It's nice to be able to have something else to do when I don't have wrestling as a main focus. Um, so, yeah, not too bad, really. Not nice. too bad. How about yourself, mate? How are things? Not too bad. Can't complain. Just plugging along, really. I had a really weird message on Thursday. A boss of the radio station that I work for um, messaged and said, do you want a job? I went, yeah. Um, basically, there's a commercial radio station a little bit further down the road that um, needed cover, and he asked me to do it. So there was me panicking about having to be vaguely professional for the first time in my fucking life. Um, but it was nice. It was nice that I was asked. Happy days, mate. Happy days. Still the old um, imposter syndrome of me thinking, am I the last resort? Is that... Is it, But, you know, it was good. It was, it was fun. I used to feel that way. I don't anymore. I recognise that I'm good enough. Like, I think, like I mentioned last week, um wrestling you know uh, working for coliseum and stuff like that that's kind of opened my eyes to the fact that you know i'm a capable talent and that i should be working in more and more places um which is nice um but yeah no i, I mean it's it's a bit of a quiet period to be honest mm. like there's not a great deal going on um i've got my gym membership back i'm going for the first time tonight actually so i'll probably be a sack of sore bones tomorrow but it was one of those things that I'd noticed that I got my mental health on track. I got my like productivity on track and then wasn't really doing any exercise at all. I, you know, using that as an excuse. So now it's like, okay, cool. Got the gym membership, trying to make sure I go at least three times a week. That's going to be the sort of routine and then just build that consistency and hopefully keep the balance along with, you know, taking sertraline. Um, and then obviously once that becomes a bit more of a routine and that becomes more enjoyable then we can start factoring in diet and things but i think i'm one of those people i'm not gonna pay attention to my diet as much as long as i'm working out and staying active mm. i think it becomes much more of a i think food is like a 
it's it becomes more guilty when you don't do anything. I think we have a habit as human beings of punishing ourselves because everything in the media now is all very much image based, isn't it? Like you've got to look a certain way, you've got to be this way. And um, you know, I like being a bigger guy, a bulkier guy, but I obviously don't want to be overly fucking obese mm. like I am. So, you know, and then I look back at like the footage, for instance, at Coliseum, where I'm you know, <laughs> it's very kind of you. Um, you know, I'm dressed well, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I, I could sort of, I'd like my body composition to look better, which is why, you know, it's important to me. And also one of the big benefits of that is because like our house, like, I, I like where we live, but um, we basically don't have a shower. We have a bath and then we have one of those things where you can attach a shower head. So this, mm-hmm. is, this is like, this is a motivation for me to go to the gym because that has really nice showers. Um, so it's that it's like a luxury for me now if I have a proper shower because baths are so fucking archaic and bullshit. Like I just I don't see like I don't enjoy sitting in a fucking bath, dwelling in my own fucking shit. You know. I do like um, a bath. I I I did for a while, but I think where obviously that's the only real option here, unless <laughs> you want to feel like a granddad is pissing on you from a great height. I um. Yeah, no, I just, I get excited by the concept of the gym because then I know I can have a, a fucking good scrub down and a high-powered shower and it's just, it's lovely. You just feel a lot more refreshed and a lot more mm. like a human being. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's just applying little things at this point to make myself feel better as a human being and sort of getting certain things in order, writing out a list of things to do, uh, which is on this whiteboard we've got in the fridge. Uh, and then obviously just being able to kind of strike them through once they're done so yeah no it's it's all right it's i'd like to think i'm on the right track um the only real thing the the real fiery topic i'm sure you've seen this is uh this whole debate over whether progress should be in dubai or not yeah. uh, which is a very touchy yeah. subject to touch upon um just i kind of wanted to talk to you about it about uh, about it with you tonight as something that's even though we're not necessarily a wrestling podcast I think because we're very current affairs, we're very moral in our talking points. The timing, isn't it? Because obviously we recorded mm. it the day after they've announced it. There's been a lot of mm. fallout today over it. Um, and it's more of a political issue and a more, you know, a, a culture issue than it is wrestling. So basically yeah. for anyone who's not understanding yeah. or maybe listening from further afield or whatever, or isn't into wrestling at all, uh, Progress Wrestling is kind of considered the the premier independent company in Britain for professional wrestling, although it is also affiliated with WWE. So it's only really semi-independent, semi-pro. I don't know how you want to look at it, but basically they have a working relationship with WWE and they are going over to Dubai next month to do a show, a professional wrestling show. And it will be headlined by a women's title match, which will be, I don't think they're necessarily factually correct. I think what their argument is that I think it's the first ever women's main event, which is I think is true. Um, but there has been a women's championship match uh, before, actually. Sasha Banks and uh, I think it might have been Alexa Bliss actually did have a non-televised world title match over there, um, which was quite a big deal at the time, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, like obviously one of the biggest problems is so progress. The reason it's called that 
uh, is because it's a very progressive company. It was built on the idea of being progressive, very inclusive, all inclusive. The idea that LGBTQ plus, you know, everybody was welcome, and that um, it was a safe haven essentially for all different breeds and creeds and diversities to come together and enjoy professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to be fair, I, I think it's a little bit unfair uh when i read a lot of the social media because that's not the be all and end all all inclusive means everybody um i get that they sold a lot of pride merchandise and more power to them for that and they marketed themselves a lot uh on that idea of everyone welcome and one of the main rules was don't be a dick you know that sort of thing that obviously Mm -hmm. i've heard you say quite a few times and so obviously the the big problem is that they're doing a show in Dubai. That on the paper doesn't sound like a massive issue because loads of people go to Dubai and spunk money. And it's like the Vegas of the Middle East to a lot of people. Um, and it's a lot more liberal than uh, most kind of Middle Eastern Muslim cultures in the sense of, you know, you, you can, you know, like you're not going to go out and go into Egypt and start going to strip bars and splashing cash. You can get away with doing that in Dubai to a certain degree, although it's very well policed and politicized. But the biggest problem is obviously Dubai is part of the United Arab Emirates, uh, which has an incredibly um, low tolerance and aggression towards homosexuality and things of that nature. Um, Public displays of affection are against the law. Homosexuality is punishable um, by prison and even to extreme extents, death as well. Um, I do believe they have the death penalty for... um, Basically, you can you can get the death penalty for rape, which is, in my opinion, a good thing. Uh, that really upsets a lot of people, but I'm actually for the death penalty if you do something particularly extreme. Um, and also, uh, you can get... Basically, <laughs> they throw it in the same category. So sodomy with another man is punishable by the same means as raping a woman. Hmm. Which is pretty terrifying. Um, so well, obviously, fair enough, because it is against God. So, you know. Well, yeah, this is the thing as well. So it's very difficult as somebody who is of Middle Eastern descent and pansexual to not look at this from both aspects. Mm-hmm. And I think what people... Are... So I've seen a lot of podcasts coming out today. Um, and we obviously haven't been a part of that because I'm just not going to do that because I think it's very transparent and very fake. So I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, allyship. And mm-hmm. there was one podcast, for instance, not a, not a massive one as far as I'm aware, but they were like, oh, apparently they're a media partner with Progress, so they cover a lot of their shows. And they said that although we will continue to have a working relationship with Progress, we will not be covering this at all because we believe in the allyship and standing with all of our LGBTQ plus community and things like that. And I just thought, you're kind of wanting to have your cake and eat it. You mm-hmm. can't, what you're essentially saying is, oh, we don't agree with this. But what it sounded like to me was they were after brownie points. It would be very easy for me to, you know, fire up my social media today and just put up tweets and go, I love gay people, therefore, fuck progress. I I hate this black and white approach to this kind of situation. Um, So I put out a tweet on WrestlePlug asking people to provide genuine and honest opinions of how they felt without being disrespectful because it's very easy to just be like oh fuck Dubai and fuck all Arabs Mm -hmm. which frankly makes you just as fucking bad 
Um, and that's very difficult in my position as well for somebody who is from an incredibly predominant Muslim family as well. And all of my Egyptian family are extremely devout Islamics. Um, there are different, you know, varieties. It's not just cut and dry. You know, my for instance, my sisters um, don't think homosexuality is a sin some of their best friends are gay and things like that oh, it's such a cliche thing to say but i mean one of them's 15 for fuck's sake what would you expect her to say um mm. but they're very progressive and they're very liberal thinking and yet still adhere to their beliefs so you know it, it's capable of doing that but predominantly it is a sin in your but then it's also a sin in the eyes of christianity is it not so this is where it kind of gets a bit funny. Um, I feel like I've talked a lot about it. I'd like to know what you think, to be honest. I'd like to know what's going through your mind when you've seen this shitstorm ensuing on social media. Um, as the contrary fucker I am, because I fucking am, um, progress have dropped a ball because they are they're very alternative. You know, you'd, you'd think of progress wrestling and kind of punk rock going hand in hand. Yeah, that's what they call one it, don't thing they? About, punk rock pro wrestling. Yeah, if there's one thing about punk rock is that it's so very fucking inclusive and so very um, understanding and very conscious about what it does when it comes to things like LGBTQ plus communities, when it comes to racism and all that type of stuff they're very conscious when it comes to shit like that. So having this punk rock wrestling promotion suddenly go, yeah, but money is a really difficult thing to, to kind of comprehend on that side of it. I think they dropped a ball. Um, one thing I will say though, to all the people who are complaining about it and who think it's a, a terrible thing. Did you watch crown jewel? I imagine a lot of the people arguing probably didn't, and I know that the same argument is levied towards that because obviously WWE, which is the mm -hmm. predominant provider of great wrestling and entertainment, they um, they do shows now in Saudi Arabia, which has a very similar ethos to the United Arab Emirates. Mm -hmm. I have seen a few people who are who have been very vocal today about Progress's decision be very enthused about crown jewel the other month so it's a, a difficult thing to kind of look at and that's the contrariness of of me coming in mm. um i mean personally I, I haven't watched crown jewel um i'd only really watch it because somehow rhea ripley looks hotter in a full you know full outfit I mean, that's all I need to yeah. know. Um, oh, girl that's good in the bin line, doesn't she? Let's be real. She, well, that's, that's pretty much what it was. Um, and, but so I, I didn't watch it and I won't be watching the progress show. And it's, I think all we can do is be our own honest selves. Being too opinionated about it and being too vocal about it can occasionally take away i've said it before you can occasionally take away from your own argument by being too vocal then again what progress have done by not addressing it 
They have, though, haven't they? They released a statement today. Have you read the statement? I have it in front of me. I think it's worth reading it for context. Go um, for it. So... Just because I, I'll, I'll talk about it after. Sure. So, uh, obviously, with the backlash, Progress Wrestling felt they had to say something uh, mm-hmm. and not just kind of be like, well, fuck you. Um, it's worth pointing out as well. There's a very quick turnaround here. It's less than a month's time until the show. I'm surprised that, you know, that's one of the things that does feel a little bit, little bit disingenuous is how little time they've left to advertise it. I get it because ultimately, you know, who's buying a ticket and going over to Dubai to watch it? But I mean, yeah. Um, so the statement reads as this. Progress Wrestling has always prided itself on being slightly edgy, unconventional and seen as a promotion that does not shirk any challenges. We want progress to be not only the best professional wrestling promotion it can be, but also a platform that can support and empower positive change. Our first show in Dubai, named Sons and Daughters of the Desert, in December sums up this challenge and the delicate approach we need to take for a very sensitive issue. The opportunity to host an event in Dubai was taken with much consideration and planning and with the intention to provide our fans both in the UK and across the world with the choice to watch our brand. We acknowledge this may not be an obvious place to host a progress wrestling show, but then again, we pride ourselves on not being an obvious promotion and we are always looking at new and exciting opportunities to continue to grow alongside keeping true to our roots and values. In the past 12 months, Progress Wrestling has seen the new management team of Martin Best and Lee McAteer take over the company. And with the help and support from many behind the scenes and thousands of law fans and talented wrestlers, together we have helped restore the promotion after a very tough period for Progress with a combined impact of the pandemic and the background of speaking out. Our number one priority has and always will remain the same. We want all of our shows to be a welcoming and safe place for people to come. And we've held many great shows this year, including Everything Pattern. This is quite important because we might have to mention this as well. Uh, And then in brackets, it says exclusively wrestlers of color. That was the idea of Everything Pattern. Uh, And Who Mm -hmm. Runs the World, our first all-female show. In wishing to explain their aims, Martin, Best, and Lee McAteer said, we are fortunate to have a distribution platform and a vibrant and vocal fan group that can help educate others around the world beyond just the sheer joy of professional wrestling. It's really important to us both that we help make a positive impact through cultural exchange and deeper understanding and our personal business experiences reflect that. By performing in Dubai, we feel we can help support and gain a better understanding of important issues close to our hearts that we know are close to yours, ensuring that everyone does indeed feel welcome. Uh, Then there was an actual statement that was quoted here change around the world does not happen by just words alone but by actions we feel that we can help question set beliefs and to help empower further change using our own standards and distribution channels to bring awareness of a complex issue throughout this year we have built up a very strong relationship with wrestlefest dxb oh is dxb yeah in dubai uh, which is obviously their leading wrestling promotion entirely independent and owned and managed by dubai national mohammed al shahi who as shaheen is their dubai world wrestling champion and becomes the and became excuse me the first emirati uh to wrestle overseas uh, Mo has held a number of events this year, including their Equal Measure show, and they have featured a number of wrestlers who have performed on Progress, and they became the first show to headline with a women's with women's wrestlers in Dubai. We have 
over, we have had, excuse me, overwhelmingly positive feedback from all of the talent that we have spoken to who have recently performed in the region and we saw an opportunity to be a part of this long-term change. Our ambition is to continue to rebuild progress. And in past years, the company had traveled to Germany, Australia, and USA to help promote the brand and raise their worldwide reputation. And we want to restore that global awareness in other areas and we needed to start somewhere. The opportunity arose for us to have a show in Dubai, fully funded by ourselves, not by any government or council, in which we can showcase our women's division on a global stage. Not only that, but we can build upon Mo's efforts by not only having the first ever Women's World Championship match in the area, but having the show hosted by a woman. Our Women's World Championship match, as one of our two female matches on the card, will only be finalized after our next show, but we are confident that whichever four women represent progress, they will all help change perceptions in a tremendously positive fashion. In addition, whilst in Dubai, we will be engaging with a number of local schools to showcase to the youngsters what can be achieved and how gender barriers, prejudices, and feelings can be overcome. We also will be recording a documentary of our time in Dubai, and our aim will be to bring a greater sense of awareness and understanding to the change that is actually happening. We hope to be a symbol of expression for people in Dubai and for us and our talent to play some small part in the progress that needs to and is taking place. We do fully appreciate and recognize that the world is not perfect and that change can be frustratingly slow, but we also believe that only by being actively involved in the direction of travel and showing bar actions what is possible can long-term benefits and change be delivered. We cannot address every injustice in the world, but we hope by focusing on one area that is very important to us, we can help make a small difference and help show others what may be possible. We do recognize that this may bring criticism, but we want to be judged on the results of our actions and not just by the views of those not as well informed. This is not mere lip service to a very serious issue, but a sincere attempt for us to bring a different perspective sometimes it is not an easy road to take and we hope these words have helped dispel some misconceptions over our reasons for taking a show to dubai we have not called it sons and daughters of the desert without reason end statement <laughs> um, so say the least. they didn't mention the actual problem they skirted around it as to not upset people. Um, they mentioned speaking out as a problem, which hasn't been a problem for most companies. They mentioned problems around COVID and speaking out. Speaking out is only really a problem if you're in bed with dirty boys and you don't want to take proper action. I mean, the exact wording is, together we have helped restore the promotion after a very tough period for progress with a combined impact of the pandemic and the background of speaking out. Again, it's not really much of an impact if you deal with it properly, whereas they didn't. Um, which is, again, from my point of view, they didn't. They swept most of it on the rug and didn't say much about it. Um, See, that's a difficult thing to touch upon because I, I've i had 
numerous progress talents on my podcast and there's numerous mm-hmm. progress talents that I work with who have said that there's been a lot of changes that have been installed in the way that the companies run and the mm-hmm. way that people have viewed DBS checks, for instance, are now mandatory in a company that weren't and things of that nature. So, you know, there is an argument to be made there from a completely, you know, um, contrarian viewpoint. Um, the bottom line is that, you know, if people are going to say, like yourself, they didn't deal with it, that's not technically true. They have put... I'm not saying they didn't place. deal with it. I'm saying they swept it under the rug. That's whereas essentially the of, same thing, though, isn't it? Whereas a lot of companies came out actively against it and actively supporting the people who were speaking out, they weren't massively public about it. Well, I guess... But you can see set- why. That's down to perception, though, isn't it? Because, like, I'm not a progress apologist. I don't work for progress. I've done ring free mm-hmm. for progress a couple of times, which is lovely. And obviously, I work with a number of talents who work there, who, by the way, are not exclusively working there. They work across a number of promotions. You do as well. Um, well, yeah, I work with a few of them myself. And th- those people who work for progress would not work there if they're thoughts behind speaking out and their reaction to it wasn't justified and wasn't good but from my side of it you can't use speaking out as a or the background to speaking out as a problem to get over because the problem to get over wasn't speaking out but isn't the argument also so your argument is that you know you can't use it but then You've also said that for the most part, they didn't really attach themselves to it or take any sort of proactive action against it. I do think they took proactive action, but weren't vocal about it. But they chose like, not to be vocal about it because they didn't want to upset the apple cart and didn't want to upset people who they hope later on down the line will get to a point where they can come back. One of the biggest problems with this situation isn't that anyone's incorrect, but it's the hypocrisy of it, like you mentioned. So you mentioned Crown Jewel. How many of us? Can I interrupt before you before we carry on? Can I interrupt and say one more thing about the statement? Sure. By reading another statement. Okay. Uh, Big wavy Roy Johnson from is it the eighty seven or eighty six? The eighty seven, yeah. Yeah. Stunning, stunning worker. I think he's absolutely amazing. Um, he tried to get in contact with Progress regarding said statement. Um, They didn't answer him back, but they did message his partner, um, mentioning her statements about the statement itself. I'm going to read some of the big uh, Wavy Roy Johnson said. Um, Big Wavy Roy Johnson's everything patterned is trademark for the purposes of sports, professional wrestling, entertainment, sports entertainment. So, uh, So please refer to it as such. Everything Patterned was created in response to progress shows in the past that had little to no representation for wrestlers of colour. I wanted to return. I wanted to run this show with progress as a nice full circle moment to give wrestlers of colour the platform they deserve. Despite repeatedly asking why you continue to remove my name from the show graphic uh, title and graphics and stated it was an error and would be amended, but yet the show was uploaded to WWE Network without it. We aren't it weren't interested in you weren't impre- interested in promoting everything pattern when I ran it everywhere uh, elsewhere in September and in my opinion and the opinions of many when progress ran it it wasn't promoted as well as it could have been 
So please don't use it now to prove a point. I would uh, have appreciated a heads up that the correct trademark term uh, be used in the statement at the very least before you uh, before the statement was posted. Anything else uh, is a personal gripe that I have and will not hold it uh, and still want to behold a degree of professionalism so that it can be discussed when you're ready to call. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, they use it as something that's a positive that they had not much to do with. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not disputing that. And obviously, Roy will know better than anybody else. And I like Roy. I worked with him um, only briefly, obviously, in fleeting moments. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's an excellent talent, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not here to judge his talent. Um, mm. And obviously, uh, we know his partner, uh, who is a very cool human being as well. Mm. Um, for me, like, so, like, I, I don't have any arguments on that whatsoever. Like, you know, good for you, Roy. Like, good for you standing up for that and the fact that you know you know you are completely correct by the way it was not promoted properly and as somebody of an ethnic background and somebody who was extremely excited about the concept of potentially working on it didn't and that's not anyone's fault that's just me sort of spitballing my dreams and stuff and that's something i'm very proud of that i get to show off my representation through my talent and what i do in wrestling um you know I was very disappointed that Progress didn't push that show more. And it was the same with the women's show as well. I don't feel like they promoted that properly either. Uh, and that can be an issue in itself. And like he's mentioned, obviously, the fact that, you know, that's, that's a different kind of story because obviously we're going down that route of, hey, you haven't accredited me for this show and mm -hmm. you put it on the WWE Network. The biggest platform in the world for professional wrestling could have potentially opened up an enormous amount of opportunities for Roy. Not to mention the fact it just would have been nice to be given credit for the concept mm. which he came up with. Um, the fact that he's used, that him and his idea was used to kind of say that what they're doing goes along with their pur uh, purpose and values, I think it does make a difference. That wouldn't be an issue if they had backed that concept and that principle by a huge amount. Hmm. Um, the main thing that I took from that, so the, from the progress state, there was one line in there that was very important, and people seem to be forgetting. And this isn't me defending progress, but this is me sheerly, just purely pointing out what's in front of me. The main argument that people are making, other than the fact of obviously Dubai is not all inclusive, therefore, mm -hmm. how can you be claimed to be all inclusive and run a show there? Um, which can be argued either way. But the main argument other than that is that essentially people are saying, well, you're just taking a payday. Okay. But in the statement, it says that they have completely funded it by themselves. Mm -hmm. So in what way do we know that they're taking a payday? How do we know how much money they're going to garner from this show? Um, I am now Googling it. Because I think it's important. Those tickets won't be cheap. No, but then those tickets will be available to people. See, it's all relevant to your income as well. Plus, we say those tickets won't be cheap. I mean, we're not really in a position to critique pricing. Uh, especially with our professional sports. Although you can go and watch Lincoln versus Morecambe this weekend, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And it will cost well, you about £16. Twice. Okay. 
in we're playing each other twice in a week. Yeah, we've got you in the uh, the Papa John's trophy as well, which I'm sure mm-hmm. is what people would rather listen to than us talk about, obviously, the pressing matter of progress wrestling in Dubai. Um, of course. But while Mark's looking that up, so... Uh, 45 quid for a standard ticket. Okay, I don't think that's horrendous that's by bad. any means. That isn't bad. That's really not bad, especially in a country where money is pretty affluent and the majority of people who will likely go and see it, that will be a fucking grain of sand. Excuse the pun. I hope, I genuinely hope that everything they've said in their statement is true. The the fact that they are not there funding it themselves, I really want that to be true. One Um, of the biggest issues is you can't... So people have said... So you've announced a show, you clearly want to, you know, just make money or it's all about money and stuff like that. Well, if it was, not being rude, but first of all, they could have easily tripled those ticket prices easily. Mm. They could have got away with 10 times that if they wanted. That's just the way, you know, for anyone who knows how, you know, financial means operate in a place like Dubai, um, people have a lot of money, a lot of money. This is Mm -hmm. a very affluent place. do you think that obviously the sensitivity has been heightened by the fact that we have a World Cup that starts this weekend in a country with a similar ethic in Qatar? That's that was one of the points I was going to come on to. Um, are these same people going to be watching the World Cup? Are they going to be having the same argument towards it? And I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet a lot of these people will watch England play in the World Cup, mm-hmm. and that's where the difficulty comes in. Because I agree. I mean, I'm not going to be watching the World Cup for that reason. But oh, I thought it was because you're not a football fan because you support Morecambe. I, I'm a Morecambe. I'm a football su- support. I'm a football fan ish. I was going to say because Morecambe don't play football. Whatever god awful brand that is. I tell. I'll tell you what. We actually have. We'll talk about that later. Um, but. I I'll bring a bit of rivalry in while we're here. Got light yeah. in the mood slightly, bloody hell. Um, I won't I, I won't be watching it because I do, but I'm doing it for my own. Is that because principally you don't Yeah, for okay. my own principle. Let's let's I'm talk about the support. World Cup afterwards, because I feel like that alone has a great talking point. Um no, no, I'd like to also talk about the World Cup in an isolated sort of yeah, format as yeah, well, because yeah. I'm, I'm obviously football is something I'm extremely passionate about. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the World Cup in general, it's it's got, you know, it's a difficult balance. Um, but sort of zoning in on Dubai. And so a number of people holiday in Dubai, especially mm-hmm. from Britain. Uh, it's a very desirable location, like Vegas. It's one of these places you can go and live out your rich fantasies for a week or whatever, get a taste of what it's like to be affluent. And so my argument is, well, not necessarily an argument, but I want to ask a question to people, a legitimate one. I'm not looking, I'm not looking to start fights here, especially with my sexuality, because I'm aware that some of my sexual activity would land me in jail or potentially the death penalty. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. Um, like you would know, huh? It's, you should be so lucky, darling. But, you know, the bottom line is that I like this idea that we can change a narrative, that we can change mm-hmm. a perspective, that we can educate a culture, not change it, educate it. 
so that it can then make its own changes based on its more all-encompassing worldview. Why are the same people not relentlessly attacking Christianity for the same sort of viewpoints? Because we're used to it. Why? Because it's a white man's religion? Yeah. Because it's the UK religion. It's the national religion of the UK. You know, you've got Church of England and stuff like that. It's ingrained in our society. Um, you are... Again, you're talking to someone who fucking hates religion for one of those reasons, you know. Someone turns around to me and says they're extremely religious. I will pick apart their arguments for, with things like sexuality, with things like the fact that you can't wear two different fibres together. The fact that, you know, eating certain things on a certain day will send you to hell. I will pick those fights because I disagree with it. Um I think when it comes to it's a difficult one with this because I mean I work for a company that has um that is funded by people from those areas. Um and so having the moral high ground is only it only goes to a certain point. Anything over that, you go, well, hang on a second, you're you're you know kind of benefiting from it. Um, which is true. There's the argument with the um, just stop oil protesters that they drive around and they have their moral thing of, yeah, well, I can only go so far with my principles. I have to, you know, still manage to get around somehow. And walking from museum to museum with tins of fucking Campbell's, it's a difficult one. Um, the... One thing I'm glad that I've seen, or that I've not seen, sorry, is I've not seen many people tackle the wrestlers that are on the bill. They will do, though, after the show. I get the feeling they will do. Because but... I've already seen statements coming out saying that if you're apart from, you know, wrestlers. So I don't put the pride flag, for instance, on my social media. And I'll tell mm. you why. Because... Not because I don't have an extraordinary amount of pride, but because I am not dictated or defined by my sexuality. I am defined by my work rate and my talent. And mm -hmm. I take offense to the idea that somebody would be booked or predominantly used based more on their sexuality than their talent. So when somebody comes out and says, I should be booked because I'm gay, that is fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. You should be booked because you are extremely talented. And if you use that to then further the strength and cultural aspect of who you are, more power to you. That's absolutely fine. But for instance, you know, okay, there are hundreds upon hundreds of incredible gay talents. And they are talented because they are talented, not because they are gay. And I am talented and good at what I do because Aaron Nix works fucking hard at what he does, not mm -hmm. because of where he chooses to put his penis. And that upsets a lot of people. And they don't want to say that because they feel like they're not representing their culture or their sexuality by saying that. No, 
the best way to ever represent yourself is by being the very best at what you do. Again, we come back to that podcast we did about equality. For me, true equality stands when you don't recognize any sexuality or creed or prejudice or anything of that nature, where we solely recognize people as a big old sack of flesh and bones and blood and all sorts. And when we recognize those people solely because they're talented. When I see Sonia Deville on SmackDown, who is openly a lesbian, Mm. um, I don't think, good for her. Because she loves to scissor, apparently. I don't think of that. I see her as this extraordinarily powerful woman. Now, do I think it's incredible that she represents her culture while doing her thing? Yes, that's fantastic. But I don't see her as a gay talent. I see her as a talent first. She Mm -hmm. happens to be gay. That's fantastic. She has every right to do whatever she pleases. Everybody does. That's the idea of all-inclusive. When you then make the argument of, oh, I should be more prominent because of who I am or my sexuality, and I'm not saying all gay wrestlers do this, um, but I don't want people to get lazy and fall into this argument of, oh, I'm gay, therefore I'm deserving of things. Mm -hmm. That's that. What that becomes is you then turn what we are into privilege, just like being white, just like being black, whatever it might be everyone can lean on it and make it a privilege. And we only associate privilege with white people or straight cisgendered individuals. We don't want to associate privilege with any other sexuality because of what they've had to go through Mm -hmm. and our diversity that goes with that too. And that is incorrect. For the most part, a lot of these people the massive majority of these people do not have privilege because of their sexuality. And that's wonderful. And we know that. And I know because I work with some of the very best gay talents in the entire world. I really do. One of them happens to be one of my closest friends. And I would shout to the rooftops about how incredible she is and how inspiring she is. However, at no point should we be stupid and naive to believe that there are people in those demographics who don't see that as a privilege of their own. And I think it's very ignorant to act like they don't. I think it's very ignorant to act like we haven't in some way turned our own culture into it. For instance, like we have the the queer wrestling index, right? There are a number of wrestlers that I know extremely talented who aren't on that index because they choose to lead with talent over their sexuality. Mm -hmm. There is a number of people on that index who, in my opinion, are only on there solely because they identify in a certain demographic of sexuality, not because they have put in the hard work, the hard graft and the hard time to represent their culture through their talents and their graft and work, like I've mentioned. Therefore nullifying the argument, therefore proving that even something as pure as that, and well done to the people who made that because it needed to be done, but it's also that thing of there is still a level of privilege wherever you go. This is why black and white doesn't exist. Because for me, a lot of these people, it's blood money, you're taking your blood money, says the person tweeting on an iPhone that has been manufactured cheaply in a horrendous probably environment, says the person who probably wears a pair of night trainers that were made in a Bangladeshi sweatshop, Mm -hmm. says the person who drives a car or eats food or 
watches a TV or uses any number of devices or any kind of things that relate to their life that are probably made in less than ideal circumstances that affect or impact the culture or the prejudices or the viewpoints or the sexuality or whatever it might be of individuals. Mm -hmm. Every single person, for instance, who's bought a ticket for the World Cup will be sat in a stadium that has essentially been created on the graveyard and the corpses of people, migrant workers who have sadly passed away, who are essentially used as slave labor to build those stadiums. We're all fucking hypocrites. We're all full of shit, really. So does that mean that progress is not at fault? No, they are at fault. It's the way you handle it as well. However, I am somebody who believes in the argument of how do you progress culture? It's not, you know what? I, I put a tweet out and I'm sure it upset quite a few people if they understood the context of it. But the bottom line is you don't get to be progressive. You don't get to further culture. You don't get to educate people by hiding in your own four walls. Mm-hmm. You don't get to improve the world by sitting in your four walls. You don't get to hide away and make those principles. Most the problem of these is people, with the progress. so easy to go on Twitter, right? And just say, I'm offended. That's great. What are you actually doing about it? Mm. What are you doing to further the culture? What are you doing to educate people? Hiding behind your computer? No. The thing is with the progress statement that I think was a little bit disingenuous was the fact that they didn't mention the problem itself. The fact that they went, oh, it's all about education. Education for what? Fucking own it. Well, that's, own what that's people where are we, complaining about. Yeah, and you can absolutely give them shit for that. And we know why they've done that. Because if they yes. come out in a statement and say, we do not agree with any of Dubai's human rights or whatever it might be, of course, then Dubai's going to be like, well, fuck you, and pull the plug on it. But then... But then that's a bigger statement. And that's a bigger side of, of education. Are we Which forgetting? I agree, you know, I agree on your side of it. That's what this they would is do. A business as well. Mm. And as much as it hurts to say that, they have operating costs. They have a business to run. They have money to make. Now, I guarantee the argument from people will be, yeah, well, think about how much it's going to impact your business now because you're alienating such a large customer base. I don't personally believe that. I genuinely think people are so fickle, they'll still sell out these shows Mate. after the fact. People in the fucking wrestling industry still love Harry Potter and Walt Disney. They're, you know, moral and right And rightfully so. Yeah. Because but... those mediums should not be dictated just... For instance, if you think J.K. Rowling is a twat and, you know, you're more than entitled to feel that way, that's absolutely fine. Why should that impact all the people that have worked incredibly hard to make those films come to life the way they do? Mm-hmm. Like, I won't buy another... Harry Potter thing for my kids because I'm not funding her. Will I stop the kids from watching it? No. If the kids want to buy it, will I stop them? No. You know, it, it, you've got to pick your battles. And you know, later on down the line, they may choose to no longer fund it. Doesn't mean you no longer get to enjoy it. Not really. But if you're very up in arms morally about the decision that progress has made do you want to go to say Disney World 
which kind of, you know, is on the estate of someone that's massively anti-Semitic. Do you still want to fund, do you want still want to, you know, actively fund someone who is very transphobic? Can you have it both ways? You can, but then you severely compromise your ability to make your arguments online. Hmm. You severely compromise your ability to come out and say, so, you know, people will, the thing is, even this podcast will be a really good idea of that. Because if it's listen, if it gets a lot of traction, and I'd like to think it gets traction because it's a good podcast, not because we're talking about a hot topic like this. But the bottom line is that I guarantee there will be a lot of pushback, especially on someone like me. How can a man like you, a pansexual wrestler, a pansexual individual in our business, you know, defend this situation? Again, you're not listening. I'm not defending Progress's decision to go to Dubai. Hmm. I, I can guarantee a number of my friends will work that show. And I don't think they should be thought of any less for working that show. I actually think that's an incredible opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. And they should be able to enjoy that experience to a certain degree, providing that they're aware of the impact of the culture that is represented in front of them and providing that they, you know, a lot of it's down to self-awareness. Yeah. But it is extremely frustrating that the majority of people, do you know what? It's, It's difficult because I know a lot of things about wrestling that frankly are quite unsavory. I know a lot of individuals that are quite unsavory who are Mm -hmm. also still very prominent. And and people will say, well, name and shame. Yeah, okay, cool. You're going to pay for my fucking lawyer? Uh, You know, that's the bottom line of it. Now, I'm not the one out here claiming the moral high ground. But what makes me laugh is the fact that there are individuals that I know for a fact are extremely toxic and dangerous and damaging towards our business who are out here right now using their sexuality to prove a point to make themselves look even more prominent so that they can get more bookings by using their clout by using their sexuality mm-hmm. and i will be more than happy to tackle them face to face and individually i'm not going to go on social media and call them out because it just doesn't make any difference nor does it add any benefit to the situation it creates more toxicity and dangerous environments that people can use to their benefit Mm -hmm. everybody in some form or fashion can benefit from a scenario like this whether they are or not is up for debate but there is a number of people who are there's a number of people who picked up their fucking twitter machines today or their social media and wrote things not because they genuinely give a shit about gay rights or sexuality, or how the cultures are perceived in a place like Dubai, but solely so that they can look cool in front of those people online. Mm -hmm. So that they can feel like they're part of the pack, so they can feel like, yeah, yeah, everyone, you know, it's clout. It's bullshit. Don't don't sit there and lie to me as a whole, not you personally, obviously, but, you know, the the general kind of social media landscape. Don't, Don't be stupid and naive enough to even try and come at me with the argument that all of these people have the moral high ground because they are morally upstanding people. Bullshit. There is a large proportion of these people, not, not, it's still a minority, but there is a big proportion of these people, a big percentage, I reckon, that probably 
are just tweeting for the sake of tweeting or saying mm. something for the sake of saying something. Yeah. I My know. question I want to ask you, which is really important, is does what's more beneficial? Do progress, if progress say, right, okay, way too much fucking aggro at this point, pull the plug. Or if they power through and say, no, we believe that this can be an opportunity. I'm not saying that it will do either, but what's more beneficial? Then pulling the plug entirely. What makes more of a statement? Should I? This is my question. What makes more of a statement? Pulling the plug entirely, not allowing um, their product to be seen over there, or giving people an opportunity to see that product and possibly affect change, even if it isn't just a few minute individuals or minds opening their minds to the concepts of different things and trying to slowly change the culture. My thing is I'm a bit mischievous, um, as we quite know. I think if they do pull out, then they will be doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, I'm very much of the mind of either don't do it or overcommit. I mentioned it when I was being childish and a bit giddy and shouted, how is it, a poster for the autistic-friendly version of Smurfs 2. Either I don't do it or I do it, realise what I'm doing and overcommit. Because I think in the middle ground, that's where it gets offensive. I do think they should do it now that they've said they're going to do it. But with one caveat. Making it the gayest fucking show in the world. If they do want to... Um, if they do want to educate, if they do want to kind of change perceptions of that type of thing over over there, then they should do it. Don't skirt around it. Don't bow down to their... Um, their thoughts about it properly fucking go for it because if you want to educate you educate by showing them it you don't educate by going yeah you're right a little bit when you say make it as gay as possible what do you mean by that um embracing the campness of the situation embracing embracing the culture you know i'm not saying go out and you know dudes fucking dudes in the middle of the ring but when you think about wrestling it's pretty fucking gay embracing that side of it you know the they the do that anyway don't they in the general product say again they do that anyway in the general product though don't they like any they, wrestling company does yeah they do but then you look at wwe with crown jewel and they were covering the woman up that's because yeah. culturally it's not acceptable for women to be uncovered. Which I massively understand. I don't agree with it yeah. but at the same time. So this is another argument because what's the biggest thing that we preach about over here? Tolerance towards other people's cultures. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not, the thing when it comes... Is it not a bit hypocritical 
to be on your fucking high horse every day as an individual to go on social media and say, Muslim women should be allowed to wear burqas or whatever, or hijabs or whatever it might be in our country because it's their culture. But then on the flip side, when we go over there, say that, oh, we want our women to be completely uncovered or to be able to wear whatever they please because that's our culture. It's the intention, I think. Or does it work the other way, where we say, you know, this is this is why it's an interesting debate, because it's very easily you could make the argument, well, we allow you to come over and dress the way you want to, so why can't mm -hmm. we embrace our culture when we're over in your country? Mm -hmm. Which is more than valid as well, in yeah. my opinion. Very so the so. argument works both ways. Yeah, the the problem with, you know, that that side of either culture is down to personal choice. You know, are they doing it because are people doing it because they want to do it, or are they being doing it? Are they doing it because they've been told to? Because it's expected of them. If it's expected of them, fuck you, fuck you in every single thing they you stand for. If you're doing it because you want to do it, fucking all power to you. You fucking go with it. Um, it's it's a very difficult balancing act. Yeah, but you know, I think if they if they do bottle it and go right, you know what? Yeah, fine, we won't do it. They'll lose what they're trying to do. If they're trying to go over there, they lose the more credibility by backing out. Yeah, if they're trying to go over the reasons over there for the reasons they say, the fact that they do want to go over there and entertain that it is right to do that, and also because I they think that it's you know there's there's reasons to to educate in that kind of surroundings and fucking do it, but either do it or shut the fuck up. Do it and realize that you're pandering to people that you shouldn't be pandering to should we be more cognizant and wait to see how they do the show before we kind of go full-blown like everyone is on social media should we have more patience and wait to see how it is perceived and how people react to it and how good a job they do in themselves because it feels like we are we're jumping all over it already mm -hmm. before it's even happened. Like, how do we know that progress didn't have in place? Cool. We're going to take as many gay talents as we can to prove a point. How do we know any of these things? Should they not have said that at the beginning? Do they have to? They don't have to. But when they put that statement out and skirt around the fact that they're... But they've only put that statement out because of a overwhelmingly negative response yeah, to them very doing true. that shot. And can we stop the recording just for a second? Yeah, sure. A few moments later. Apologies for that. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I needed to piss. That's fine. I'm an old man. And to all you listeners out there, I, I, um, I apologise. I dread to think what the state my prostate is in. Um, in answer to your question, mate, I know they didn't need to say it. I am very much um, a believer 
in the pullback and reveal, you know, in the whole thing of, right, yeah, it may seem like I'm doing this thing, but I'm going out and I'm doing something completely fucking different. Even something as small as the interview I did with uh, Tom DeLong and Tom Holland, I did that and I made such a big deal about it for a joke. If Progress really did have in mind that they were going to go over there and actually say something, it is a shame that we haven't given them that chance. One thing that might have been more powerful for them to make that point and educate that much, it might have been to go, we have been asked to do this show. Um, and we're very thankful for the opportunity to do it. But due to their politics and their thought on our friends and loved ones, we're not going to do it. That may have been a, a good idea to do. Um, it would have been very good for them to be able to do it. But I think that the the argument goes if you don't make your um intentions known if that makes sense see my worry is that nobody's going to win now nobody's no. going to nobody's going to nobody's going to come out of this looking good all we're going to get is just an advancement of hatred. It's not great for the LGBTQ plus community. It's not great for the Islamic community. It's not great for anyone. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that change comes from everywhere, not just from sitting in your box on your precious little island where you're allowed to express yourself the way you want. I just hope that they do what they say they're going to do. I really do. I I'd wish they'd address know. it properly. I'd love to know whether they, you know, what the conversation was like with the roster and things like that and the crew, mm. you know. Hey, guys, you know, you'd like to think that they sat down with it. A number of their talents are gay or mm -hmm. represent one of the, you know, incredible parts of lgbtq plus so but obviously i hope they go out the and thing. celebrate it but the thing is you celebrate it for me just my opinion but you celebrate sexuality by being incredible at what you do and being amazing at what you do it should the celebration should be that look at all these incredibly diverse and unique individuals who are wrestling on this show who also just happen to be part of the makeup of a sexuality which isn't necessarily as accepted in this culture. I think that, for me, breaks down more barriers than saying, oh, until you change your culture, go fuck yourselves, we're not going to have anything to do with you. I don't think we gain anything from hiding away or pretending that these countries don't exist or by just not acknowledging them or not doing anything on their shores. Mm. 
That's not to say that WWE is correct for going to Saudi Arabia or anything like that, or Progress is correct for going to Dubai, especially if it's going to be for monetization reasons. But it's very easy to just flippantly tweet and go, oh, we're obviously just going out there to make money. Are they, though? How do you know that for a fact? If tickets are £45, and if they're doing it, I think they're doing it at a place called Warehouse 4. I don't know how many it holds. Um I know that they're probably going to use a number of individuals from the Dubai represented wrestling company, mm-hmm. uh, including a couple who have actually spoken to WrestlePlug today and tweeted WrestlePlug, which is you know openly available. You can go on our Twitter and see it for yourself. Um, for me, it's one of those things where we don't know everything. We don't know everything that will happen. We don't know everything that will be said. We don't know who they're going to use. We don't know you know, for the most part, um, who will be on the show, you know, or who won't be on the show. Now, obviously, if we tune in and there isn't a single LGBTQ plus represented individual wrestler on there, yeah, then we're going to have an even bigger problem. Mm -hmm. But it's that thing of you can only react to the fact. And until you can see them, I think it's there's nothing wrong with having the opinion that this is bullshit. I'm not saying that anyone who's come out and said, bullshit, I hate this, blah, 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 that their opinions aren't valid. What I'm saying is, let's actually pay attention to everything that's in front of us and let's see how it plays out. Same with the World Cup. Mm. I think we're in this strange middle ground at the moment where we are trying to make sure that we are not ruining any progress we've made in any sort of equality. And the thought behind this may be, well, it's just a step back. And we don't want there to be a step back, so let's be very vocal about it. Without realising the actual reasons behind it. Do you think, as a final, this will be my last question, and then we'll move to the World Cup, because that's probably going to be pretty loaded as well. Um, Do you think that progress running a show in Dubai, regardless of what the statement of intent is, puts back the years of work that have been put in to create more equality in the wrestling profession? I think it can for people in that community. It can feel like that. But feeling like that and it actually doing so is very different. True, but when you've been... When you've been made to feel like it's something that shouldn't happen, I can imagine that the statement behind it of them going, oh, well, now we're going to go to this country that doesn't like you for who you are, and they're like, well, hang on a second, I thought you were with me, I thought you were alongside me, and can you really be alongside me if you're not taking me along with you? I think it's more of a feel like a, te- like a step back rather than an actual step back, which is, for people in those communities, they're one and the same where the intention probably wasn't there, the actual 
things behind it were. You know, you don't mean to make someone feel like a dick, but you end up making someone feel like a dick. I think it's very dangerous. I mm. think it's very easy for us to just make the assumption that progress is deliberately attacking members of a community like LGBT. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that's fair because there are a number of individuals there who have prided themselves on their representation, who work very closely in progress and work very high up in the company. Again, you, you don't get to just throw a blanket over these things. Mm. I think in the most dangerous thing you can do in any kind of situation whether it be political sexual is throw a blanket over it and just generalize the argument which i think a lot of people are doing and being of somebody from both sides of that coin as well and also being a man that can be rep representative of an arab dynamic and an islamic dynamic albeit that i'm not religious myself but have such an incredibly close tie to things like that I find it, in some ways, very... I feel blessed that I can look at all the arguments and the spectrum mm. of it, as opposed to just being like, no, I'm just going to just be outright allyship. And just, you know, it'd be very easy for me to go on WrestleFlog, for instance, tomorrow, and just put up a statement and say, yep, yeah, fuck progress, fuck Dubai, and nobody's going to bat an eyelid. Because that's the easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. But for me, the hardest thing to do is the right thing to do, which is to try and further the progress and education of people all around the world. Not through the use of aggression or violence, but through the use of education mm -hmm. and through knowledge. I think it's the... Um, you, you said that they feel attacked, and I can kind of get why they would feel attacked. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's not valid for them to feel attacked. No, but I don't think it's an attack. I just think that it wasn't thought through properly. The actual, you know, thoughts behind it weren't properly there. It's like, so I've got a, my, my mate Lewis, for example. He's blind, or nearly blind. He's very, very visually impaired. Like when he plays his, you know, plays computer games, he plays there. He's that fucking bad. And it's a huge pissing screen. Um, when we did radio together, I used to give him films and occasionally they'd be with subtitles because I just forgot. I hadn't thought that that might impede him. I hadn't been, you know, that sensitive to... It's that, it's just lack of sensitivity, not in a bad way, just in a complacency way, you know? that That's probably what it ended up being. Is it a dick move by progress? In my eyes, yeah. Is it something to cancel them for? No, not really. Should anyone who wants to work that show, do you think, be judged or thought less of? I hope not. I really hope not. There are one or two people that I've seen that are performing there, I think. I don't know if the whole card's out. I don't know if some of the card's out, but there are one or two matches that may have been announced that I've seen, and I, I know one or two of the people, and I'm thinking... I genuinely hope you go there and do what you do because they are 
they're brilliant and also relatively gay. And if they go and go with that attitude, I think it'd be amazing. I just think give it... that air of education. I think, I think bottom line, it sends a much stronger statement to walk in there, mm. whether you be gay or not, and go in there with your philosophies, your mindset, and work to the best of your abilities and showcase who you can be, regardless of how you identify. I think that sends a far stronger message than not even acknowledging or going to places like Dubai. Yeah, but if you go there and don't acknowledge it, I can kind of see why. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's not, for me, that's not up for debate. If you yeah. don't acknowledge it, you're in the wrong. Yeah, and I think that's where the, the it's going to lie. I think that's where everything's going to come about, you know. There are people who have been shouting, and I know that they're friends of people who are going to perform, and I genuinely hope that they are not discouraging them from going to perform because knowing them as little as I do, and I do know them very, very little, if they go with the attitude that they have always had, I think that it will make a hell of a statement in a positive way. For both sides, you know, for for the side of people going, no, we should go over to these places and do some fucking good entertainment, as well as going, and I'm also going to say, what you guys do isn't great. I, I genuinely hope that happens. You don't get to be a revolutionary without upsetting people. Of course. Of course. But again, I mean, people will, people may be offended by what we've said and people may be upset that we've not gone completely to one side. But as we've always said, I think the, the truth lies in the middle. You know, the truth is the gray area. It can't be one thing. I just think it's lazy. I think it's yeah. fucking lazy for me to come on this, this platform and say, yep, yeah, fuck Dubai. As a member of that community myself, as a member of multiple communities that are at play here, um, you know, fuck Dubai, fuck the United Arab Emirates, fuck Qatar. Okay. And how do we further education and progression by doing that? We don't. We stay in our little comfort spine. And that's not, that to me is not beneficial enough. With all that in mind, then, with what is going on in Qatar with the World Cup, um, and as someone from a comedy background, the the Joe Lysett story is a huge thing for me. For those of you who don't know, uh, Joe Lysett has come out on um, social media with a message to David Beckham, because David Beckham has been paid £10 million to go over to Qatar and be... An ambassador. An ambassador there. Um, He's also when, the head of the advertising campaign right now for it as a holiday destination as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Whereas he was a very, very big, even back in the 90s and early 2000s, very big gay ally. You know, was photographed on the front cover of gay magazines, was the first premiership footballer to openly talk about his gay friends and about sexuality and things like that. Um, and as 
Joe Lysett said, he married a Spice Girl, which is the gayest thing you can do. Um, Joe Lysett has said, if you don't make some sort of statement about it, then you're a dick. And if you do make a statement about it and do make some sort of decision about it, I'll give £10,000 to LGBTQ plus charities. Um, which should happen anyway, Joe. It just should. Um, his argument is that if... Yeah, don't I don't like it, that argument at all. <clears throat> which bit? The the idea that that's what will facilitate him giving money to an LGBTQ charity. Yeah, I mean, well, one thing that... That, that should just be matter of fact. Yeah. One thing that he said is that he will um, do a live stream of it and shred the 10,000. I'm like, no, don't do that, mate. I can see why you're doing it, but don't do it. That's, that's that, a dick for move. me, is even more ignorant. Yeah, that's a dick That's move. astonishingly ignorant in a country where people are struggling with a cost of living crisis. Yeah. I will fucking flay you alive for that behavior. Yeah. I would, what I would do is I'd double it and give it to more people, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think someone of that fame, I think they would have some sort of sway about it, don't you think? Of going up to a point and going, yeah, you know what? No, no, because I don't agree with you. So are you asking me whether David Beckham should be more cognizant of what he's doing and not be associated with this? Yeah. No, because he is predominantly one of the main figureheads and ambassadors for football, mm-hmm. not sexuality. And I'm not saying he that is. he can't argue for sexuality, and I think it's amazing that he's done so many things. Do we do we discredit then everything that he has done? that is actually quite groundbreaking, especially in a time where, whether you like it or not, even in the late 90s and early noughties, um, you know, and to this day, football is an incredibly homophobic sport. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of that. Does that mean I can't support my football team? Does that mean I can't watch football? No. No, not at all. But I think someone with that kind of voice can use it properly. But he already has shown himself to do that regularly. You've already said that this is a footballer that has, you know, been very groundbreaking, has been on the cover of gay magazines, has shown great allyship towards gay communities. What um, my, I suppose my counter-argument to that is, when is, what's, what's enough? What is enough to the point where we can then say David Beckham has done everything in his power, more than enough? I think... So the the progress argument and this argument are relatively the same, up to a point. Because, you know, your general average Joe on the street at Dubai isn't going to know who progress is if they're not a proper wrestling fan also worth pointing out the united arab emirates are in the world cup yeah but the world knows who fucking david beckham is if you can use your voice for positivity 
And if you can use your voice and go, you know what? No, your position on these matters needs to fucking change and you need to do something about it. You need to realize that you have built this on, you know, the bodies of refugees. You need to take ownership of that and not brush it under the carpet. The someone like David Beckham could have a positive force behind it. But why are we holding David Beckham to more accountability than, say, the entire country of Qatar? Um, They shouldn't. I mean, I'll be honest with you, the fact that the World Cup's there in the first place is a big fucking thing. Well, it's a joke, is what it is. Yeah. It is, it's a joke. I'm not going to defend that Qatar has a World Cup. It should not have a World Cup. The I think a political statement behind a lot of these things is a good idea and is a good thing to do. Um, should they be hounded because they haven't done it? Not really. You can make a case for it. But I'm, I'm again, I'm straight white man. I'm very, very privileged. My thought behind it is you make a much bigger noise doing something about it than not doing something about it. But is that true to people who are in that community and who are affected by these matters? Is complacency worse than not doing anything? Or is it complacency worse than agreeing with it? We've spoken before about the fact that as a comedian, I'd prefer people to boo me than just to have no feelings whatsoever about me. What's worse? Did you um did you happen to see the statement that was made by FIFA in the build up to the World Cup? I did not. That I did not. So I'm trying to find the full statement. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be as available as I would like, I guess. Um, so this is this is a good article about it, to be fair. This is from Reuters.com. Um, FIFA has ran to World Cup teams, urging them to focus on the soccer football uh, in Qatar and not let the sport be dragged into ideological or political battles. The letter from FIFA president Gianni Infantino and the governing body secretary general Fatma Samora follows a number of protests made by World Cup teams on issues ranging from LGBTIQ rights to concerns over the treatment of migrant workers. Please, let's now focus on the football. Sky News quoted Infantino and Samora as saying in a letter to the 32 nations contesting the World Cup, we know football does not live in a vacuum and we are equally aware that there are many challenges and difficulties of a political nature all around the world. But please do not allow football to be dragged into every ideological or political battle that exists. FIFA was unable to provide immediate comment when contacted by Reuters. The World Cup, obviously um, the first to be held in the Middle East, starts on November the 20th. Um, a statement made by Steve Cockburn, Amnesty International's head of economic and social justice, said if Gianni 
Infantino wants the world to focus on the football, there is a simple solution. FIFA could finally start tackling the serious human rights issues rather than brushing them under the carpet. Uh, Amnesty and other groups have led calls for FIFA to compensate migrant workers in Qatar for human rights abuses by setting aside $440 million matching the World Cup prize money. The first step would be publicly committing to the establishment of a fund to compensate migrant workers before the tournament kicks off and ensuring that LGBT people do not face discrimination or harassment. It is astonishing they still have not done so. Gianni Infantino is right to say that football does not exist in a vacuum. Hundreds of thousands of workers have faced abuses to make this tournament possible and their rights cannot be forgotten or dismissed. They deserve justice and compensation, not empty words, and time is running out. Australia's football team last week spoke out against Qatar's record on human rights and same-sex relationships. Denmark's players will travel to the World Cup without their families as a protest against the country's human rights record, uh, the Danish FA told local media. Uh, football Australia confirmed the receipt of the letter from FIFA on Friday, but declined further comment. World Cup organisers have said that everyone, no matter their sexual orientation or background, is welcome, while also warning against public displays of affection. Qatar has acknowledged there are gaps in its labour system, but the World Cup has allowed the country to make progress on worker rights. At FIFA, we tried to respect all opinions and beliefs without handing out moral lessons to the rest of the world, Infantino said in the letter. One of the great strengths of the world is indeed its very diversity, and if inclusion means anything, it means having respect for that diversity. No one people or culture or nation is better than any other. This principle is the very foundation stone of mutual respect and non-discrimination. And this is also one of the core values of football. So please let's all remember that and let football take centre stage. Um, I take my comments about the progress statement not being great. (laughs) What they're essentially saying there is... Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Don't yeah. make us see. It. What this is is essentially a mafia hit via a letter. Yeah. Keep your fucking mouth shut, or you're gonna fucking get a slap, or you're gonna get capped. There are some good points made, you know. I mean, yes, yeah. you've got to respect other people's cultures, and you've got to know one group of people are bigger than the other. But you and and unfortunately supporting one of them and not the other says a lot. And I think that's where the progress thing comes back in. Without listening to the other side and going forward, and I think progress have done a better job of listening to the other side and trying to address it. The FIFA have just gone, you know what? We, you know, our politics says more with, you know, aligns more with Qatar than than you guys. Because we yeah, don't care the about you guys. Paying as them much. an extortion amount of money so that they can have the World Cup there. That's why. Yeah. And, whereas, and whereas Progress have come out in their statement and said, mm-hmm. we are funding, like, FIFA aren't funding their own World Cup. No, it's not at all. There's the big difference. Hmm. I think Progress says... have come out and said, yeah, no, no, we're funding this show entirely ourselves. Yeah. Whether that's true but... or not, I don't know. I can't say that as a matter of fact, because that would go against I hope, they, I hope it's true. Massively hope it's true. And again, to be fair to progress, they have at least said a little bit, we get it. We get it, and we are still with you. Whereas FIFA 
have just said. What do you think about this argument of we think so we you know if you're gay or black or whatever it might be you are welcome at the World Cup, but be cognizant of the fact that the laws state no public displays of affection. Is that fair? Um, because that is the law. That's not just them saying, "Hey," because and by the way, that does extend to everyone, not just gay people. Like straight yeah. people aren't allowed to mac out in public. Mm. That is a cultural and religious law in a lot of these countries. I mean, I do agree that people shouldn't mac out in public because it's disgusting and fuck you if you do it. But I, do you know what? I'm just bitter because nobody loves me. I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, but it's it goes back to what I say about being a dick. You know, are you re- are people really gonna be that upset if you're there making out with your partner? And if they are, that's pretty much their problem. I get that it's a law, but that's the thing. When you say mm. it's their problem, their argument would probably, and I'm not saying this is a valid one, but so, for instance, we have laws, don't we? You know, mm. very different ones, obviously. Um, you're not supposed to go out and wank in public, right? Now, that seems fair. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, you're not oh, meant we're not, to. We're not accusing anyone here. <laughs> you're not meant to. Careful, mate, because uh, whatever you can say can be used in the court of law. But um, you're not meant to. You're not. No, you're not by law. You are not allowed to be indecently exposed in public. So well, what if what if you are really desperate for a wank? I mean, and it is nighttime, and you're in a bush. Why are you in the bush in the first place? I wanted a wank. Yeah, hypothetically. Like, hypothetically, of course. We're getting off topic here. Um. The bottom line is that... It got very deep. I had to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, deep ambush, lol. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is that, okay, it's apples and oranges. It's an entirely different premise. But what I'm saying is that, for instance, they have different laws to us. We expect people to come over here and hit, adhere to our laws. Is it reasonable for them to say, well, these are our laws. You should adhere by those. Um. Just because they don't necessarily fit within the moral parameters of who we are as people. If it is the law for everyone, it is. Then it's yeah, it's fuck witted. It's fucking stupid. But yeah, do it. Oh yeah, it's it's fucking archaic. Yeah. Even the Dubai-based wrestlers who spoke to us um on Twitter, they even they openly said, yes, a lot of things that we're doing over here are stupidly archaic and we do not agree. Mm-hmm. But please do not assume that just because that is the opinion of the government or the overall corrupted officials or whoever it is, that is not cognizant of what everyone in our country believes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. I think when it comes to those laws, I do think if it's for fucking <coughs> everybody, then yeah, fair enough, do it. You know? Um, if it gets down to the sexuality thing and it's only the, you know... People in the LGBTQ plus community who can't hold hands with each other, then yeah, they can fuck off. Yeah, but I don't think that's the case. No, and in which case, then yeah, fair enough. Dickheadish, but yeah, 
whatever. Right. So you won't watch any of the World Cup? No. Would you if it was in a different country? Yeah, I did last World Cup. Didn't for a few World Cups because I was annoyed with the British media. Oh, I mean, they're um, just trash anyway. Yeah. They've always when, been trash. Yeah, but but even down to the fans and stuff, you know, it was there was a World Cup, I forget which one it was, but we were playing awfully, you know. Wayne Rooney was playing Big worse boy. than worse than Morecambe's B team. I remember I actually put on Facebook, Are you Morecambe in disguise? I'm astonished that you have a B team. Because they were fucking awful. But I was I, I was, I was genuinely disgusted with it. But the media and the fans were blaming the manager and not the people that were paid millions of, do- of pounds a month to do that shit. Um, so I didn't watch it for a good long while. And then the last World Cup, my daughter got really into it, so we used to watch it together. And since then, I've been watching England games and stuff with her. So the last World Cup, correct me if I'm wrong, was in Russia. That's horrendous track record. Why is it acceptable to watch a World Cup in Russia and not Qatar? I'll be honest with you. It was just because the daughter wants to watch it. That's fair enough. At least you're yeah. honest about it. But, it's um, that, but again, it comes down to that moral high ground. All these people yeah. saying, I'm not going to watch this and I'm not going to support this. Yeah. Probably I wasn't, watching I wasn't in fo- Russia. Yeah. Back then, I wasn't focusing on what, where it was. I was focusing on the football. This year, I fucking have done. Um... But again, if Sophia wants to watch it, I'll pop it on, you know? I'm not going to stop my daughter from watching Shimmy because of my fucking beliefs. See, what They're aggravates in... me about this World Cup isn't the fact that it's in Qatar, although that does piss me off, because just think about how many great countries could have the World Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> but I think what frustrates me is, cool, you want to have the World Cup in Qatar. But you're not allowing the Danish team to wear human rights for all training tops. Mm-hmm. So no, that's a political fucking demonstration. No, it fucking isn't. Fuck yeah. you. I mean, I thought it was bad when Set Blatter was in charge, but this Giovanni Gianni Infantino, which is ironic, really, because he is a giant blabbering baby man-child cretin, um, saying that. You know what? Oh no, no, you can't wear that because that's political. I think there was a there was a lot of faff about having poppies on shirts and things like that. And mm-hmm. It's just that thing of like, oh, shut the fuck up! It's a mm-hmm. fucking t-shirt, you cretin. Yeah. So terrified are they that their reputation? Your reputation's in the fucking ground anyway. So why not just? I'd just be like, do you know what, Denmark? Wear whatever you like. Obviously, as long as you're not fucking promoting any kind of hatred or whatever, that's cool. Like whatever, it's your fucking training top. You know, we'd ideally like it if you didn't wear it on your main kit. If you're wearing it, okay, cool, fair enough. Not a problem. Do if players want to wear rainbow armbands, please, by all means, do so. That alone sends a big statement. Manuel mm-hmm. Neuer, the Germany goalkeeper, and arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the modern age, um, is frequently open and honest about his allyship towards LGBTQ and regularly wears a rainbow armband and 
upset quite a few people, I believe, in Hungary. Is mm. you know, again, see, this is the thing. We got Hungary, right? A European country, which is supposed to be quite progressive. This this attitude that Europe's more progressive, is it? Russia. Jesus. Hungary, Christ almighty. A lot of these Eastern Bloc countries. Poland has severe issues. The Netherlands has big issues of anti-Semitism. Ah, yeah, but they're they're part of Europe and they're part of the EU, so we don't want to upset them. Dude, look where we fucking are. Is England really that fucking... You know, we're up our own arse here, right? We're all out on social media. Disgusting fucking country. This country's a fucking joke at times. We are disgusting. We are just as racist and homophobic and anti-Semitic as every other country in the world. And we do think that we're so much fucking better than everyone else, but just as disgusting. And it's unfortunate. Because I, I'm not. I like to think that I'm not. We all have our own prejudices. We all have our own things that we can't get over. I try and be an ally to every single person as long as they're not a prick. But I look in the world and I look at the country and I just think we are still, people are still complaining that, you know, gay pride is a thing. People are still complaining that um, international women's day is a thing. I had a friend of mine the other day. He was complaining. By the way, there is an international men's day as well. So get over yourselves. Yeah. But no, I had someone complaining that it was an international men's day and then go, why wasn't it international women's day? Well, there fucking is. There's one for everybody. Yeah. That's that. That's what all inclusive is. You've all got a fucking day or an awareness or whatever. Yeah. What and that's what frustrates me about those concepts isn't that they exist. It's that we only celebrate them during those time periods. That's what fucking winds me up. Yeah. But happy pride. I, what? So the so the other eleven months we don't give a shit about gay people. Shut the fuck up. I I had to laugh because they said um um oh last the the theme of last international women's day was gender equality that's how bad we are and i'm thinking yeah the last five years of international men's day have been the fact that men want to kill themselves more than women and it's don't kill yourself men that's not a, you know we a all very progressive way to look we all have big issues that's the thing as well and we all have struggles like i hate the fact that as a man i'm not supposed to have feelings the general kind of stereotype is that Emotions are for women, mm-hmm. and that you're less of a man for crying or being upset. That's where men are persecuted, believe it or not. But we're not allowed to say that mm-hmm. as a man. Oh, how dare you? You're not persecuted. You have all the privilege in the world. Absolutely, we have more privilege than anyone else. That doesn't mean that we still can't be persecuted. Yeah. Different persecution, but it's still fucking yeah. that. Because if we weren't being persecuted at all, then none of us would be killing ourselves. There wouldn't mm-hmm. be such a Mahusive issue with male suicide in this country. Um, I will watch know. the World Cup. I'm going to watch the shit out of it. But I'm watch I will also everything. not. You know why? Because I need it. something to fucking do, and I'm not yeah. sitting there power wanking eight times a day. My dick can't tolerate that shit. I need but, football. <laughs> but I'm also not going to say that you're wrong for doing so. No, and I don't think it's wrong that you don't want to watch it. Yeah, but and I think that's where... Your morals, and you're entitled to those. And I yeah. don't have a problem... If I'm the only person in this country who watches the World Cup, so be it. But I'm not going to have a go at anyone for not watching it, so I don't expect anyone to have a go at me for watching it. 
and I think that's where it I think that's where it lies. So I think the responsibility for the political statement that's being made does have to the book has to stop at the top. It has to, you know, head of FIFA, head of progress. They're the people that have to take responsibility for that political statement that they're making. People underneath, yes, they can help the political statement. If every single person in the English team, and if David Beckham would do their work with a fucking rainbow armband, I would have umpteen, like million percent more respect for them. Because they've made their conscious choice. They've made their moral choice. If they don't do it, fair enough. This is it more important? Day. Is it more important that David Beckham wears a rainbow armband than I don't know, average Joe on the street? Yes. Well, it shouldn't be. Because what no. you're essentially doing is basically saying by that premise, his voice and his opinions are more important than ours. And that's Which where celebrity is. culture is damaging. Yeah, but which it is at the moment. I do think every single person who goes to the World Cup should wear a rainbow armband. Every single person. But it's much more of a statement for him to wear it than it would be for me to wear it. No one's going to fucking listen to me. I've known that for 18 fucking years of a radio career. People are going to listen to David Beckham. Um... I just don't think David Beckham is the one. And I don't agree with Joe Lysett when he says that it's essentially what he's saying is, it's up to you, David Beckham. No, it isn't. It's up yeah. to everybody. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. The, the whole thing. When I hear statements is... like, I'm going to burn 10 grand on a stream. And again, I know a little bit of Joe Lysett. I know him a little bit, only a tiny, tiny bit. From what I know of him, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't shred the money. It's a fucking... It's just being obnoxious system. and making a statement just to be impactful. Yeah, he he would... No, but he's going to do something with that 10 grand. He's not going to shred it. He is going to do something with it because he's very um, society-based. He's very conscious of everyone in the country. Um, so he won't shred the money. I know for... A, I'm fairly confident he won't shred the money. Um, if he does, he has gone down in my estimations. But I also, don't. I think do believe it's do. also against the law. Yeah, not that well, that no. comes into play for me. I don't think so, actually. If you shred or burn um, images of royalty or anything like that, that's I believe against the law. Now oh, that's horseshit as well. Well, yeah, it is, but at um, the same time, but it's kind of a mute point, isn't it? Really, because yeah. at the end of the day. Destroying any money when we live in a climate where we have more homeless and more people relying on food banks than ever before mm. pretty much says you're a cunt. Mm. I, and and that, that's why I say I genuinely I don't think Joe Lysett will because I think he is so thoughtful towards all that type of stuff that he wouldn't actually do it. Um, don't fucking say it in the first place if he has indeed done so. I'd be so yeah. fucking stupid then. He did, and I think it was more to do. Well, that's fucking with... stupid. And if we're yeah. going to hold people no, accountable for everything, he should be held accountable for a dumb mm. statement like that. Yeah, no, very. very and if he was in this room right now, I'd say you fucking moron. That is very true. That alone is insensitive mm -hmm. to the people who wake up every day. Let's not forget as well, Mister Lysett, You're one of these individuals with money and privilege, and you know media notoriety. Yeah. Mm hmm. Very, very true. Um, 
But with all that in mind... England are definitely not winning the World Cup. No, but with that in mind, are you going to come to Qatar and Dubai with me? Because we're going to go and watch this shit. Yeah, I'm down for it. Sweet. I'm going forward to the cancellation of my entire career online. Fuck the gays. Uh, Jesus. I mean, depends on how you identify, I guess. <laughs> no need. No need. I'm not, I'm not touching that. Oh, fucking hell. I just thought, after all of that, we'll just pull the rug out from underneath everything. It's like when the, it's like the old magic trick, isn't it, where they swipe out the fucking dinner time. Everything just goes crap. Exactly. Doesn't work, yeah. Good exactly. Um, so we did mention at the beginning of the podcast that we uh, have got some emails. If you do want to email us, you're more than welcome to. Uh, silentdeathmachine at gmail.com. S and uh, DM pod on Twitter. Yeah. Um, send them in. Send them via messages or emails. It's no point sending like just a random tweet or putting them in a WhatsApp group chat because then it's there's no fun. I don't know. I know that we've been sent emails by people. Uh, I don't know what any of the questions or content in them are, which is great. I like that. I like organic reactions, as you know, mm-hmm. with watch alongs and things like that. So, but yeah, please keep sending emails. You know, if you want advice, if you want to talk about something. What's your opinions on everything we've spoken about today? Let's hear about it. Every Tuesday night we record and it drops immediately in the next day. So it's fairly topical. It's fairly on point. So, you know, have your say. Have your opinions. Yeah. Very, very, very true. Um, I do have to apologize because my computer's fucked up. I did try to do you went black special. for a moment then. <laughs> yeah, it, my, my thing fucked up. Um, so one thing actually dropped literally last week on the 9th. Um, which I'll come to in a second. So it's not just literally on the day, which is quite nice. But your internet is dying um, a death at the moment, isn't it? No, I'm connecting to another thing. Oh, okay. um, so firstly, I'm going to say, uh, give this one from uh, Aaron Cruz. Who? Um, says, uh, hi, Nick. Hi, Mark. Really enjoying the podcast. Thank you. Um, what do you lads think of musicals? Uh, and if you like them, what's your favorite? I'll go with you first, Nick. It's a very light-hearted question. I like that. It was, uh, yeah. I, I like musicals, but only certain ones. Uh, I'm I'm very particular about musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan. Of, I, I much prefer theatre plays as opposed to musicals. Um, shout out to everyone who's been doing King Lear and touring uh, Bournemouth and Paul. Uh, really, really chuffed. My friend uh, James has been involved in that, and I had the extremely awesome privilege of recording their main dress rehearsal before they went on tour. Um, and for any of them listening, by the way, it is all done and edited. Um, I just wanted to make sure the edit was done properly and with all the time and extreme prejudice of editing that I am, you know, I'm very OCD about that, but yeah, no shout out to them because it's an incredible performance. Some amazing, amazing people involved in that production. Um, the first musical I ever saw was uh, Buddy, the musical uh, about, based on Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was fucking phenomenal but I went to see it when I was like 10 and even though it was a high end production it was on the west end um, I, I didn't appreciate it enough I enjoyed it but I would love mm-hmm. to go and see it now I think that those are things that you can appreciate so much more as you get older unless of course you're musically inclined anyway I have no musical talent whatsoever as mm-hmm. anyone who's heard me sing Bob Dylan's uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door will facilitate Um I like Buddy the Musical. I think that's a phenomenal production. I really like Oklahoma. Um, other than that, my musical 
or musicals kind of knowledge is not that strong and it's not like I'm not going to go out of my way like I I like them to a certain degree but like I sound very picky um really 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 controversial opinion I like the cats movie I mean I think it's funny I think it's entertaining I think it's amusing and ultimately it's got an incredible cast in it and also I never thought I'd be as sexually attracted to a cat as I was when Taylor Swift was dressed as one well, this has been a lovely series of Silent the Death Machine. It's never going to happen again. You don't like anything, you miserable old prick. That's coming from me. don't like fucking cats. Yeah, um, fucking... Cats is No, I, I also look like musicals. I am a fan of a musical. I prefer the funnier ones. I prefer the more comic side of it. Um, yeah. So you're looking at things like Matilda, like uh, Book of Mormon. One of my favourite musicals is The Producers. The um the the musical version of the film, um, but I've seen loads and I'm really really fucking. I want to see Book of Mormon. That's the one that everyone says to me is like very much up my alley. Um, Book of Mormon is stunning. Yeah, absolutely stunning. I haven't seen it. Do you know what? One of my biggest issues with musicals is, for the most part, way too expensive to go and see. I want to see the Only Fools and Horses musical. Um, and you know, it's like it's one of those, but it's just as an example. But then, like, I go on thinking, people talk about moaning about ticket prices and things like that. Some of these fucking musicals are hundreds of pounds if you want a half decent view. It's mm. insane amounts of money. And I know yeah. that people will say, well, you can go and see like local community fairs and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And for instance, the King Lear production I'm talking about, that's being done at very small little venues. And it's ludicrously affordable. It's like eight quid, 10 quid, something like that. That's incredible mm. value to see the level of acting and competence these people have. Absolutely stunning. Not to mention the person who plays the fool is utterly incredible. I believe her name's Lauren. She's uh, just amazing and also a beautiful human being. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> yes, I like musicals, but they're not very accessible. Yeah, not financially. No, they're, not. they're not at all. So there we go. That was the answer to your question. Thank you very much, Chris. Cheers. Keep sending them in, buddy. Love you. Um, this one is a lot more serious. Um, I'm not going to mention your name because I don't know if you want me to keep it anonymous or stuff. That's fine. Um, By the way, but... ladies and gentlemen, for future reference, if you like to be anonymous, please say so in the brackets. All you have to do is, yeah. even if you just put in the subject brackets, anonymous, that's fine, because we don't yeah. want to read out your name unless you're comfortable with that. Um, but usually in anything like this, if, it, if it's something very sensitive, we'll probably err on the side of caution anyway. So don't sure. panic. It's not going to be that massive a deal. Um, uh, so, hey, guys, big fan of the podcast. Stumbled it, uh, stumbled across it after listening to the Wrestle Club for a few years. Thank you very much. Um I really connected with the episode where you spoke about mental health, having struggled with my own for a number of years and wondered if I could get some advice from you guys. Sorry if this gets dark. Um, Recently, I've found it very hard to be motivated. I feel worthless most days and things friends seem to, uh, things friend, uh, so little things friends say seem to get to me more often. I've also had problems with my partner more on my end. Um, They always tell me they love me, but I've started to feel distant and don't want to hurt them, but also feel like breaking things off would be best for them. So I was wondering what advice you guys would give to help me pull myself out of this place and uh, how I can not emotionally hurt my partner with how I'm feeling. Sorry to use you guys as my agony uncles or aunts, but uh, I feel it's easier to ask for help from people who have struggled with mental health. Many thanks for reading my long email. I hope you're both well. Thank you very much for the email, sir. Um, I will I'll go off to you first next. 
Uh, first of all, don't apologize, buddy. Um, mm. It's very important. I think it shows an incredible amount of strength that you decided to reach out, even if it's to two relative strangers. Thank you for listening to the Wrestle Blog. I appreciate that. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I really do strive to entertain people. And um, yeah, if the podcast gives you any solace or if you want to contact us personally and have a chat or chat about wrestling and stuff, if you like wrestling that much, be more than happy to do so, mate. You can message me at any point. Um, I've gone through all these things that you've gone through and I, I still go through them now. Um, so first of all the feelings of worthlessness are completely valid uh, that's part of mental health um, I'm not going to you know, be tough love like a lot of people expect me to be or anything like that um, first of all I find it very important sit down with yourself, just yourself first and foremost and try and recognise what your problems are not how to solve them, not how to fucking deal with them or anything like that. Try and work out what's truly, truly affecting you, not the circumstance, just how you feel. So if you think, I'm very anxious in social situations, cool, write that down. Uh, I am very depressed. I just generally feel worthless. Write that down. I don't like the things that people say to me or I take things too personally. Write it all down. Second of all, please speak to people, professionals, uh, charities are available. Mind were very useful to me. Um, you also, the NHS service, although incredibly strained, is still available. Medication is available. I really do advocate the use of sertraline or any kind of medication that works for you. It's a balancing act. It doesn't work for everybody. You have to find what's right for you. Um, during that point, if you do choose to go down that route, please don't hesitate to talk to me, to Mark, to anybody. Um, you know, take the time, honestly, for all the time in the world for you, buddy, always. Um, I know what it's like to feel worthless. I still feel worthless now sometimes. Um, I know that I have great self-worth and self-esteem and i know that i'm quite a bombastic character as well i think people only hear that one side of me based on the wrestle blog and they hear the very kind of you know and even on this podcast especially when i was talking about progress it can be very aggressive and i think i am a very aggressive person and i own that and i don't apologize for that but at the same time i don't acknowledge that it's a good thing either it's just who i am sadly or benefitly depending on who you are it benefits some it doesn't benefit others uh one of my good friends in wrestling won't mention his name just don't want to embarrass him um he really likes the fact that i'm ferociously honest and you know forthright because it makes it easier for him to understand where he lies and how he can improve himself some other people you need a softer touch i understand that everybody's different you should cater your arguments to and you know it's like being a wrestler work to the audience in front of you um when it comes to feeling worthless, like I say, it's valid, but it's not true. You all have worth, especially you, mate. I'm not saying especially you, especially everyone. You know, we all have worth and it's OK to feel worthless, but it's not OK to allow it to stay. That's that's where it becomes an issue. Um, there are people who can help. There are people who can talk. And the biggest hurdle for a lot of us is that first step, that that idea of being able to say, I need help. It is especially being a, I don't know if you're a young man or a young woman, um, but either way, shouldn't really matter. But the bottom line is that, particularly if you're a man, I find um, it's more difficult to be expressive because it's not expected of us. And it's not as acceptable in society for the man to be as emotional 
you know, it's kind of, it's a very archaic feeling of, ah, women are just emotional and all this, and men aren't. Um, that's not true. Everyone's different. Um, by all means, send questions in, ask for advice every single week. If you think it's going to be cathartic, it's going to help you from a therapeutic standpoint. Speak to people. Don't be afraid of the idea of medication. Don't be afraid of the idea of therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, uh, I went through quite a number of those sessions and found them to be beneficial, even though my therapist must have thought it was a toss pot. Um, our, our argue, so I had two-hour therapy spots once a week, and I would relentlessly argue with this guy and be philosophical and you know, try and tear down his notions of how to perceive mental health, things like that. But through doing that, I found my own therapeutic nature of understanding it, being aggressive, questioning things, asking questions, being different, being a free thinker. That's really important to me. Embrace your personality. If you're a soft, sensitive soul, if you're somebody who's generally sensitive anyway, when you're not depressed, that's absolutely fine too. But those traits of feeling worthless, um, you know, sending more things. If you've got examples of how people speak to you, um, if you find something offensive or if somebody says something that upsets you, don't be afraid to challenge that. You're entitled to challenge that as a human being. And um, that can certainly help in that regard. And you will feel empowered. It's very daunting. It's very scary to turn around to somebody that you genuinely think is a friend or somebody you care about and say, I don't agree with that. Or please don't speak to me like that. Or please have more fucking respect for me when you speak to me, whatever it might be. That's easy for me to say because I've had years and years and years of building up to that level of confidence and strength. If Mark says something I don't agree with, I can happily question or debate that without losing respect for him as a human being. That's the most important part. It's when it kind of denigrates and you just start getting in the slang contest, that in itself is a good indication that person isn't good for you. Um, but it all starts with us, unfortunately. And it's very hard to sometimes say that, but we're all responsible for our mental health. We're the ones who have to take those first steps. Once you do, there's a number of people who then come to the forefront of things. It's like, um, it's a weird analogy, but it's like having an army at your disposal. You still have to order them to put them in the positions to where they need to be to fight for you. And that's the same with mental health. If you don't let anybody know, if you don't speak to the people who do have the tools and the capabilities necessary to help you, they can't help you. And I understand how difficult it is to keep the door in, to take that first step. I have attempted to commit suicide seven times. Um, it You're shit at time. it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just another failure on the notch of my societal life. Um. I'm not putting it on my CV because they'll be like, well, this guy isn't committed, is he? Fuck that guy. And, you know, but bottom line, you, you've got to find the funny sometimes. Find the funnies. It's something that Stephen K. Amos said, who I'm a huge fan mm -hmm. of. I've seen him in stand-up three or four times now live. And he always says, find the funnies. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's important to make light of it, but don't make light of it at the expense of your health. If you're yeah. doing that, that's a problem. Um, I feel like I'm going on quite a lot. What would you like to add, mate? Because you've had your own personal battles quite a lot. Um, I do. So one thing I will say, um, you've already made the first step mm. because you've already asked us the question. You've already come forward and gone, I need the help. You'd also need to talk to other people as well. Do go to your GP. 
Go and yeah. talk to them. Go and phone them up. Um, get an appointment. As Aaron said, I'm you know big fan, uh, a big advocate of of medication as well because it works for me. Um, with regards to your partner and feeling distant, don't rush oh, into things. I was going to get to that, but you can't. Run. I have known people make decisions because of that and then regret it later on down the line because they weren't mentally in the right place to deal with that shit. Um, don't make those decisions yet. One thing I would always just say is honesty. Be honest with your partner about your mental health. Be honest with your partner about how you struggle, what you struggle with. Um, because if they know, they may be able to help. They may be able to support. If they can help and they can support those feelings that you may have that they may be better off without you may well go away because if you think you're the problem, they may not see that. They may not see you as the problem. They may just see your mental health as the problem. And if it's your mental health that's the problem, they may well be able to help with that. And if they can help with that, then it will all come right in the end. I'm not saying stay with them because of that. What I will say is take a step back and wait until you're more mentally comfortable before you make that decision. Because the last thing you want is to get rid of something that you really quite like because you're not sure what to do with it. Be honest with yourself about your partner. Um, <laughs> you, you must know if you love them or not. We do. We all do. It's one of the hardest things, I think, in relationships is accepting if you're not in love with someone or if you've fallen out of love or if you never had the initial feelings as much as you maybe thought you did things change as well and that's more than acceptable mm -hmm. you know we we have this mentality i think in society of i'm in a relationship okay i am feeling different about my relationship now that's fine if people say it isn't they're wrong um mark hit on something very beautiful there make informed decisions be sensible i know it's very difficult to do that it's really difficult so i will share stories with you that you know a lot of people wouldn't be brave enough to share i had a relationship with a very beautiful girl uh um who lived in an area of south london i won't go any further into details there but um she so she i thought was a wonderful woman um she's very beautiful she was very kind uh, and she was also very prominent about the idea of supporting people with mental health. But she wasn't very good at supporting my mental health. And that wasn't necessarily her fault. I never communicated to her that I was struggling with mental health. I would always just make very highly emotionally charged and reactive decisions while I knew that I was probably in the throes of deep depression. Um, and she was tolerant with it for a while. But as a single mother, after a while, she felt that I was uh, affecting her happiness. And for a long time, I felt like that I should blame her for that. That she didn't give me as much. But I never, ever, ever took the steps to help myself until I did. And then I realized as a mature individual and as an adult that that relationship faltered more so because of me. Because I refused to be man enough and sensible enough to look inwards and see what the problem was 
And it's a good learning experience now because I'm more comfortable now within myself and who I am. And for me, I wish I had made more informed decisions for myself before I made decisions based on our relationship or flew off the handle or got into arguments or criticized her for something. I would have been in a much better frame of mind and a much more patient frame of mind if I had been sensible enough to be brave enough to say, I need to be back on surgery. I need to be back on antidepressants because they work for me. They may not necessarily work for you, but there are different ones as well. It's important that you exhaust everything that's at your disposal. Um, so take a step back. Like you said, like Mark said brilliantly, communicate with your partner. Say, just sit down and just say, it's very difficult. I know it's tough. It really is tough, buddy. Um, just say to them, I am depressed. I feel like I have an issue with depression. I feel like it may potentially be damaging our relationship. You tell me you love me on a regular basis. I'm guilty of this all the time. Even when I'm fairly healthy in mind, there are times when I find it hard to believe that someone would love me, even if they're stunningly beautiful. I think, why? And that's part of depression. That part of your mind that's saying, I'm a piece of shit. My brain tells me I'm a piece of shit. So this person must be lying when they say they love me. No. In some ways, you kind of... What's scary about relationships is you have to trust what your partner tells you is the truth. You have to believe that they're telling the truth. Because otherwise, the relationship won't work anyway. Because the bottom line is your brain will consistently tell you otherwise. It will tell you that nothing's the truth because your brain doesn't want you to allow any feeling of happiness or any self-worth or self-esteem. So it's very important that you sit down and speak to them about that. Gauge your reaction from them. If she loves you, as she says she says she does, then she will be cognizant of how you feel and try and communicate and try and help. And if she can help, try and allow her to help you. It will be, it might strengthen your relationship. You might not even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, help starts at home, you know, help starts within and it's super important that you go and see a GP. Uh, for me, uh, the process, if you need help with it, by all means, messages, that's that's not a problem either. Um, you know, for me, uh, for instance, like I think this is the case for most people. So if you need a appointment on the day. Um, you have to ring them up super early, normally about 8 a.m. And then you will get put in a phone queue and then you will get through to an advisor, receptionist, whoever it might be. And then they will ask you what's wrong and you will tell them what's wrong. And then they will either organize an immediate appointment for you during the day or we'll schedule one for later in the week if it's really a problem because obviously we know the NHS is exhausted. Um, but more often than not, they will see you on the day, especially if you express your feelings honestly. Please be honest when you speak to them as well. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and, you know, man up, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's not going to come Don't in. do what I did either and try and make a joke of it. Yeah, don't Which... ring them up and be like, did you hear Aaron Nix try to kill himself seven times? What a waster. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> probably not going to fly as well with the doctor although by all means you can take the piss out of me that's fine um because you know it's cool i'm i can take it i'm a i'm a i'm a big boy now um but yeah the bottom line is you know talk to people but as far as your relationship goes 
to echo what Mark said, don't make rash decisions. Be very careful about what you say to your partner, but be open and honest about what you say to your partner as well. So, you know, if you feel like you might be feeling aggressive or hyper-emotional when you're speaking to them, um, make sure that what you say to them comes from a place of love and respect, not from a place of emotionally charged anguish or anger or anything like that. Um, if that's the case, take a step back, try and find something that will send to you, listen to good music, watch your favorite comedy, listen to a podcast, whatever it might be. Try and find yourself in the best frame of mind you can in this moment and then discuss that with them. But most importantly, first and foremost, talk to the professionals. There's a reason they are professionals. I know mm. we, you know, don't don't listen to these idiots on Google who fucking and also do not ever Google your symptoms or your medical history. It all leads to the big C anyway. I swear to God, it's all just fear-mongering. These people have dedicated their lives and their finances to being qualified professionals who can look after your medical health. And medical health also includes your mental health. Mm -hmm. If you need the help, um, I, I'm presuming on this side next, but can you put up some things at the end? Yeah, of course. Of, of um, mental health charities. I'll yeah, also yeah. do it on the audio podcast. I'll uh, record a little bit just to let you guys know of some charities that may help. Yeah. Um, as I say, dude, I am proud of you, fucking proud of you, for emailing us oh, in the God. first place. Yeah. You have already made that first step. That already that means is a fucking win. Such a big win. So seriously, well done. This is the start of your journey to get better. And I've been on Sertraline for years. You know, I'm still on the journey. You know, both of us are still on the journey. We're not fixed yet. I don't think mental health ever is a journey that ends. No, but we're we're on the journey. And the fact that we're on the journey is a positive. Um, you are loved. You are cared about. You are not worthless. You are with us. Um, so stay around and, you know, yeah. do email us. As soon as you listen to this, email us and just go, you fucking yeah. wankers. If you need to, just fucking do that. But also know, and this is for anyone as well, we're also here to listen. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to have that, if you just want to have an input, if you just want to have a, I want to say this to someone, say it to us. Again, I've not said your name. And it doesn't need to be your real name if you do send it through to us. We will always just err on the side of caution. We're here. That's all we are. We're, we're just here. And if you need an escape... um Send us your opinions on wrestling as well, you know? Like, be more than happy to listen to them and talk about them and debate them in a respectful way and have a bit of fun with them. You know, um, don't hesitate to contact WrestlePlug. Uh, don't hesitate to contact the guys involved with WrestlePlug, Cameron, Tambir, um, Mark, Adam Lee. You know, we're very lucky. We've got a number of different people now working with us um, who've helped me out tremendously. Um, and, you know... Uh, something that we didn't touch on enough but we sort of did briefly speak about with your friends and things they say if you're taking it personally and things like that um, that's valid, that is valid just because they you know, for instance I have a very as you've seen me and Mark have quite a unique take on humour um, but at any point you should be able to respectfully turn around to somebody and say I'm not comfortable with that or mm. You know, and that person, you know, it doesn't mean just because that person, it does make them a bad person if they have said something that upsets you, as long as they're acknowledging that and moving yeah. forward and benefiting you as a human being. 
If something upsets you or a comment upsets you, you are well within your right to question it and bring it up in a respectful manner. And they should treat you with a level of respect. If they don't, or they just say, oh, fuck you, you're being a pussy or whatever. Well, then fuck them. They're a mm-hmm. waste of space. That's yeah, one thing I will tell you. Yeah. Don't um, waste your time with people like that. You are worth everything. So pick people who recognize your worth and have mm. people in your life who recognize your worth. People who will better you and improve you and help you and build you up and grow you and also pick you up when you're at your lowest. Those are friends. Yeah. Friends do all of those things. They do not just denigrate you or bring you down. And communication. That's all it needs. Communication's key. Yeah. With with friends, with loved ones, with everyone. Yeah. YouTube description, because uh, uh, Mark normally handles the um, the audio side of things on Anchor, which you can find us. Obviously, you can find us wherever you get your podcast, which is always enjoyable. Um, he will obviously provide details in there. In the YouTube description, there'll be a number of numbers that you can contact, charities and things like that. Um, they don't always all work. Things like the Samaritans, for instance, they work for some, they don't for others. Mm-hmm. You know, look at, you know, if you want, um, if you don't have the strength maybe to kind of sit down and sort of see which works for you, feel free to contact us again. And, um, you know, just just keep working for the pro- We have infinite time to help you mm-hmm. with the process and help you on Massively. the journey. Massively yeah. so. Check out mm-hmm. the descriptions of the podcast because there will be useful information. And that goes for anyone listening who's struggling with their depression and maybe just doesn't know who to speak to or doesn't realize that there is a number of resources out there. It's not just about ringing up your doctor. There's loads of different things at your disposal and a lot yeah. of amazing charities who do great work. And it's something I'm very proud of. I never brag about it, but any uh, any and all profits and proceeds from WrestlePlug, when we sell t-shirts and things, I always give that to charity, to mental health. I don't see any of those profits. You're a fool. Um, thank you very much for your emails. Really, really appreciate it. Just because really, you're really not earning any money off the WrestlePlug yet. Um, we've got one more. One Would more if you email. turned up. Um, Robbie Nitro emailed him. Oh, God, what does he want? He says, uh, hello, I think you guys are doing a brilliant job. Uh, well done. I have a question for both of you. Um, Thanks, what's your biggest regret in life? And if you could go back, what would you do to change it and why? Um, mine is pretty much what we were just talking about. I've had a few regrets over my life. Um, there was going to, there was, I had the chance to go to America at one point and do a very good thing that would have completely changed my life. I was young. I listened to my parents and I didn't do it. I regret that. But my biggest regret is literally what I've just spoken about. Honesty with my partner. I think honesty with my partner could have saved my marriage, but it didn't. Um, That's what I regret. I mean, it might, it might well have not done, you know, it might well have just gone exactly the way it did. But if I'd have been more honest and thought a bit more it may well have changed it jesus where to start um you know what um the most serious one i wish i'd follow my dreams earlier i Mm. wish i had the guts and it's not i'm not gonna sit here and blame having a dysfunctional family or being abused as a child or whatever it might be and i'm sure that would have had some bearing on my decisions and because i never had supportive voices you know, as much as I, you know, still love my mother, even though we don't really speak that much, um, I never felt like she truly supported what I wanted to do. 
Mm-hmm. And I never, my dad just never gave a shit about me. Um, but I knew from a young age I wanted to be in wrestling. And yes, it's great that I'm successful now. And in many ways, I'm glad that I started later because I had more mental acumen and more strength to do it than I would have had when I was 17 and 18. But then, of course, if I'd had maybe a more functional family, it would have been easier to make those decisions. I wish I'd learned to drive earlier as well. But for me, it was chasing dreams and goals Hmm. and, you know, putting them off. Oh, I'm too fat to be a wrestler. Oh, I'm too old to be a wrestler. Oh, shit. Who says who? You know, says fucking who? Roger Sears, who we both know, is a great example. Guy's 42, um, and he's one of the best wrestlers we know. I'm obviously talking to Robbie. I'm sure you don't know who Roger Sears is, although you should do, because he's bloody amazing. The main I know the name. Sears. I do know the name. Yeah, but Roger Sears, like, you know, he's 42, and he's only really been training properly for two or three years. He's fucking phenomenal what he does. Mm. Look at him. He's five years older than me, and he's five times the wrestler I've ever been because he's willing to chase his dreams. And he's got three kids and a wife, and he's an amazing human being, and there's so many amazing people you meet. Um, You know, it's it's never too late to start either. Chase those fucking dreams. Mm. Sit down, write down what you want to do with your life. Don't, Don't fucking run away from it. Go after it. Chase it. Embrace it. And if you fail at it, you're still a success because you mm-hmm. did something that the majority of people don't do, which is bet on yourself and your own dreams. Um, I severely regret not having a threesome when I had the opportunity. I had one opportunity to do so, and it still bugs me to this day. Um, for my sins, I used to be the most diehard Arsenal fan. I had a season ticket and everything. And, I'd, regret that as, I'd regret that as well, to be honest. Well, not now, because they're fucking shit off. But, you know, it's like, damn it, I wish I'd just stuck at it. I, I left because of, you know, actually, I took them, I really, I doubled down on my morals and my ethics. Is that I'm sick and tired of supporting a club that doesn't give a shit that I exist, even though I went to every single game one season. Mm. It's just been on average four and a half grand trying to watch that football team a season. Everywhere. I went all across the world. I got to go to Ukraine to see them play against Kiev. You know, like, how many people can say that? Went to Porto and Liège and all these things. But that's neither here nor there. Bottom line is there was a, a girl that I was very much into at the time and it didn't end well and, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, no, she was like, oh, do you want to, you know, stay in a hotel with me? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And she was like, my mate's staying in the same room, but um, she's really up for all three of us having a bit of fun, if you know what I mean. And I still remember to this day, she she was she was actually she was she was very forward, which I appreciated, and I appreciate a lot more now. And I remember I had a lot of notorious people on my Facebook and my social media at the time, um, and I put up a status about how I was going to this game, and she had actually written on a status. Don't forget me, you, and so and so in the bedroom afterwards, and all my mates were like underneath, like mm-hmm. oh yeah, like shit was going on. And I still remember to this day putting down. Um, I find it very difficult to pleasure one woman, never mind two. So I don't want to disappoint both of you. <laughs> oh, mate. I've done it myself. Lack of self-esteem. I've, I've put my foot in it as well. Mm. I remember I nearly had a threesome once as well. I was with an ex down south um, and we were, were in a bar and I went off to the loo and I came back and she'd gone to the bar to get a drink, but she was kissing this other lass. 
And I walked up and sat down next to them. And the last was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I went, no, don't worry, it's fine. And then we um, were we there chatting for the rest of the night. It was a really good night. We went to, we locking up time, we went out um, where she lived. It was on the way back from, we, we basically, we, we, we were dropping her off on the way back to ours. And uh, she went, do you guys want to come in for a coffee? And we went, yeah. So we went in and then, so me and my last started making out and then she started making out with this other lass and then, my girlfriend at the time turned to me and went, can you leave? I went, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll go and sit room. I'll go and sit room. And I basically spent the night listening to my then girlfriend have sex. So it's not a case of you were, you didn't have an opportunity. It's a case of she just didn't want you to have that opportunity. Yeah, she she just got carried away. So basically she's a piece of shit is all I'm hearing. I mean, also, yes. Yeah, well, fuck that bitch. Um, we Sorry. also have one more question from Robbie before we go. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, I have other regrets, but we'll be here all day. <clears throat> don't we all? Um, yeah. Also, if you were stranded on a desert island, who would be the one person in the world you would take? Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work, Robbie. Who's yours? My little sister. Not both of them. The this one. The other one's a pain in the ass. Yeah, okay. Um, but I'm only allowed to pick one. Um I won't mention her name just because she's not of age and I don't think that's appropriate, but um, mm. she knows I love her dearly. I think she's, she's to me, she's everything. Um, I would literally give up my life to make sure she has a good life and uh, it would be her. She is just amazing. She's, she's like my best friend. You know, she's like, it's amazing that we've only known each other for like two or three years. Cause obviously mm-hmm. the disconnect with the family and my father moving on and stuff like that. But it's yeah, no, the bond we have is so special and, yeah, no, I. Nobody will ever compare to her in terms of beauty and strength and empowerment. And it's mm. crazy to think that she's related to me because she's so beautiful and so successful and all the things I'm not. And I'm very proud of her. And yeah, she'd be the one person. But then at the same time, it's kind of a selfish decision because I wouldn't want her to be straight on a desert island. I want her to be incredible. I want her to know that she can be anything. She wants to be the prime minister or she wants to be you know, the queen of Egypt, whatever it might be, she can do whatever she fucking wants with her life. I want her to know that and I want her to believe that. But um, she's she's the most important person probably in my life. So yeah, I'd say my little sister. I like that. Do like that. No, it's not Silent Mark. Sorry. <laughs> mine's right, we can Ripley. still do the podcast. My, mine's Rhea Ripley. Um, thank you all very ah, much ah, for listening. Ah, ah, ah. I'm happily getting beaten to death by her for the rest of our lives. Um, thank you. Oh, very uh, much if for we're listening. going solely on that regard, then it's Liv Morgan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for watching. It's been lovely. Um, we'll be back next week. Next week, we may do something a little different. Something even darker. I wouldn't say, well, it might well, be. Well, not as dark as me, you know. It might, it might be darker. Um, well, yes, keep getting in touch with us. Uh, SilentDeathMachine at gmail.com. Yeah, send those emails. DM. I love those. Send more. Yeah. Uh, S and DM pod on Twitter. Not um, BDSM pod. You yeah. might end up in a different fucking, although maybe it might be worth shooting a message over. Might be better. Might be better. So the next episode. Um, might be. Un- strap on or strap in? <laughs> Both. Um, unless 
<laughs> I'd just like to point um, out, I won't be asking Silent Mark to leave the room. Good. Good. If you do, I'll be upset. Um, until then, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, you guys. And we love you very much. Love you loads, gang. Bye. Bye. Love you. Right, get your dick out. <laughs> I, I just like the assumption that it's not already out. That's how I'm ending it.